Lord, we lift up our need to you, and Lord, do it in faith that, God, your answers are good. Uh, yes, no, wait. <laughs> um, Lord, in, in your perfect will and your perfect timing, God, have your way with every need in a way that's good for us, that grows us in faith and, and draws us uh, closer to you, more, to a place of more dependence upon you. Uh, but Lord, also in a way that, that not just edifies us, but Lord, ultimately that, that glorifies you. Lord, for these mission trips that we, we, we have to know if we're taking them, uh, Lord, speak to our hearts. Um, for those that, that, that you're, you're going to separate out to, to take these trips, Lord, help them to see it's now's the time to sign on the line. And, and uh, Lord, that, you know, that the people in these places can be encouraged and edified. But Lord, at the same time, if that's not your will, we'll be at peace to, to close down some of these trips. And so, Lord, your will be done. To you be all the glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. You know, people love... Uh, Passages like Isaiah 55. Let's go ahead and throw that up on the on the screen. Can we throw them up on the screens in the back too? Uh, that way, it's a little easier for me to follow along. And and uh, but Isaiah 55 verse 11. Oh, do we have it? Oh, we don't have it. That's not in the in the. Okay, that's not in the list. Listen carefully. Isaiah 55 verse 11. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. Man, what an incredible promise that is. That is so awesome. God's word having its way. Um, absolutely glorious. We love that. We love to think about that. You know, and I'm grateful. The word does go, the word of God does go forth from this place. Uh, it's amazing what, to me, what God is doing with a church in the urban core. I'm so grateful. I thank God for all that he's done, for the soul, you know, the word of God is being preached and souls are believing on the gospel of Christ. Souls are being saved. Uh, saved believers are recognizing that God's worthy of glory and honor and praise and they surrender their lives and and they grow in consecration, and then they grow in leadership, and, and all of that is, is just so wonderful. I thank, I thank God for this church and for how the word of God is being lifted up, glorified, and magnified. And yet, while the word of God, right, it does go forth with power, uh, I just can't help but think, how many people do we seem powerless to impact? Okay, follow me here. You know that person that you know in your life that just can't, I mean, they can't even see that God is real. And they're not interested in spiritual things. They're spiritually, they're blind. Spiritually, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're in terms of spiritual mentality, tries to be respectful. They're spiritually, mentally disabled. <laughs> like they don't have the capacity 
to comprehend spiritual things. They seem hard-hearted, and, and, and many of them don't, don't they, like I said, they don't believe there's even a God. I mean, how many people are we still yet powerless to impact? We have the absolute word of God. We know this is God's word, infallible word, without question. I mean, this book is alive, and yet when we try to communicate it to some people, it's like it has no power. So how do we get people to wake up? How do we get the hard-hearted to be broken-hearted? How do we get the sinner to see sin? How do we get the lost to see their desperate need? I mean, the church is losing the battle more and more people today. They're walking away from faith. More and more people today, are they don't believe in God. The church is getting busier, and part of that busyness is, is the church is learning Bible knowledge every Sunday, every week that goes by, and at the same time, we've got so many in our city, so many in our families that are going to hell in a handbasket, and many times, I gotta tell you, many times, I've felt, um, Like I'm split, okay? There's a part of me that's so grateful because God's working already in so many lives. But there's another part of me that just feels desperate because we live in this city. We minister in this city. There are countless souls in Kansas City that are going to go to hell for all eternity because we don't have the power to reach them. We don't have the ability to break through, to get to them. Uh, The doors aren't open. There's no opportunity of utterance to speak into their lives the things of God. And so sometimes I I just ask myself, I mean, here we have a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church that's full of people that are Bible-endeavoring, right? I mean, I I think I saw um, a a Barna, I don't know, it's been a while, but uh, there was a Barna study that said, you know, pastors think their churches are all sold out and that their spiritual life is their highest priority. And these pastors were coming in at like 70 to 90% of my church. Their spiritual life is their high, you know, a, pro- a proper relationship with God, the things of God, that's their highest priority. And then they poll the people in these same churches and come to find out, a, you know, a good church was 30%. Their relationship with God was their highest priority. I would wager, I would wager at the Midtown Baptist Temple, and again, I might be another clueless pastor, okay? But I would wager at the Midtown Baptist Temple that at least half of our church, a right relationship with the Lord, right? Walking in fellowship with God, that's, that's your highest priority. Your spiritual life, that's, that's your highest priority. Uh, I hope at 70%, you're like, it's Midtown Baptist Temple. Why is it? It ain't 90%. There's no way it's 90%. There's people in this room. Your relationship with God is not your highest priority. What you're going to do for fun, the, the, the next mode of entertainment, that's the, high, that's the highest priority for you. Uh, some individual, getting with some individual, that's your highest priority. I, I'm trusting, I'm praying that it's at least 50%.
sometimes there's a part of me that's like, man, where's the power of God to deliver? To deliver souls at MBT. How come, I mean, what, what God has given us in this place, it's wonderful. How come we don't have to have five services on Sunday just to keep up? What's, why is our city still going to hell in a handbasket? I mean, this is a good church full of God's people. Uh, can we trust the Lord to use us more, to bring more to his throne? Here's what's so easy for us to miss. It's possible to have great training in Scripture, but so little power to see it lived out. Did you hear that? You can know a ton about the Bible. You can be theologically accurate to a great degree over a broad spectrum of, of biblical, theological issues, uh, but, but, but still have very little power to live out the Word of God in your life. Jesus told the Sadducees, I mean, here's the priests, man, the priests, and what does he tell them? Mark chapter 12, verse 24, Jesus answering said unto them, do you not err? Do you not therefore err because you know not the scriptures, neither the power of God? So I want you to see something that I, I think should move all of us to continue to just humble ourselves before the Lord and cry out to God for him to do what only he can do. In Luke chapter four and verse 18, Jesus reads from Isaiah 61. And so Luke four, verse 18, he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath, appoint, he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And then you skip down to verse 21 and he tells them, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Okay, so our, the, the Lord Jesus Christ, okay, our Savior himself said that he was anointed of the Spirit, God anoints him to what? Preach the gospel, bring healing, bring deliverance, recovery, to set people at liberty. The Spirit of the, of the Lord is upon me for what reasons to see people in the kingdom of darkness translated to the kingdom of light. That's the, that's the need of, that's the function of the, the, the Holy Spirit to empower God's people for ministry. So if the Lord Jesus Christ had to have the anointing, he says this day the scripture's fulfilled in your ears. He's saying I have been anointed of the Spirit so that these things can happen. <laughs> Okay, if he had to have the power of the Holy Spirit for ministry, are we any better than our Lord? Some of you are like, oh, yeah. Now, I hope you're just agreeing with the concept I'm trying to communicate. We're not better than the Lord, right? I mean, if he needs the Spirit, we need the Spirit. Uh, you know, the best planning that we can produce in terms of ministry, ministry activity, the best programs that we can produce, in terms of presentation, our, our services, our events, can any of that substitute for the power of the Holy Spirit? None of it. Nothing can substitute for God's holy power on our ministry together in this place. So how foolish to invite the lost, to invite someone to our services and never agonize before the throne of God over their soul for God to convict them of sin by the power of his Holy Spirit. 
How crazy is it to invite people to come and, and see, to come and hear the good news when we don't pray for God to empower the preaching of his word, for God to fill the pastors and the teachers and, and yes, even, even ourselves, like ourselves with the power of his Holy Spirit. Here's what, from the beginning of MBT, this is what I long for in this place, and it's happened in pockets and, and at times. I mean, it, it, it keeps happening, and I'm so grateful for the, for the places and the times and the people that this happens with, uh, but there's a lot more lost people in this city. What I'm longing for, what I long that would continue in this place is 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 24 and 25. He says, if all prophesy, and there come, one in, they come, there come in one that believeth not, or one unlearned, he is convinced of all, he is judged of all. And thus are the secrets of his heart made manifest. And so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is in you of a truth. Okay, so if all prophesy, man, that's what we're trusting the Lord to have happen at MBT. You're like, I, I didn't know I was called to be a prophet. Well, okay. Let's make sure that we keep this straight. What Paul is talking about here, what he's explaining to the church at Corinth, is the function of forthtelling. Preaching is prophesying, right? Preaching is communicating what God has said in his word. Now, in the Old Testament, the prophet would prophesy. He would give new data. There'd be new information that is declared to God's people. That's foretelling. What I'm doing tonight, it's not foretelling, it's forthtelling. Do you see the difference? Uh, so I am, I am right now prophesying to you. I am preaching to you. I am teaching you. And the goal of that is edification. And that's what Paul's explaining here in 1 Corinthians 14. If everyone's prophesying, then he's convinced of all, he's judged of all. The word of God is penetrating their heart the secrets of their heart are manifest, they fall down on their face, worship God, and, and, and their testimony is that God is in this place. I see God is in this place because God is working through his people. Okay, so now, both in terms of the Old Testament and the New Testament, I just wanna give this warning. Um, we have the capacity to be empowered by a wrong spirit. After my profession of faith, I continued to practice divination. Did I do that? Did I, did I reveal secret knowledge through the power of God's Holy Spirit with divination? Oh, brothers and sisters, you're scaring me. <laughs> What's the answer? At least, yeah, at least shake your head no. I mean, work with me, okay, yeah. No, there's no way. It's possible to be, I mean, both in terms of the Old Testament prophet foretelling, the New Testament preacher forthtelling, it's possible to be empowered by the wrong spirit. Check out 2 Chronicles chapter 18. 2 Chronicles chapter 18. Israel wants to go to war. And uh, the big question is, do we go up? You know, 
the king of Judah wants to know that God's in it if they're going to go up into battle. Let's pick it up in verse 16. Here's the prophecy. He said, I did see all Israel scattered upon the mountains as sheep that have no shepherd. And the Lord said, these have no master. Let them return, therefore, every man to his house in peace. And the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, did I not tell thee that he would not prophesy good unto me but evil? Again he said, therefore hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting upon his throne and all the hosts of heaven standing on his right hand and on his left. And the Lord said, who shall entice Ahab, king of Israel, that he may go up and fall at Ramoth Gilead? And one spake, saying after this manner, another saying after that manner. Then there came out a spirit and stood before the Lord and said, I will entice him. And the Lord said unto, the, said unto him, wherewith? How are you gonna entice him to go into battle over his head and to his destruction? How are you gonna do that? And he said, I will go out and be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And the Lord said, thou shalt entice him and thou shalt also prevail. Go out and do even so. Now therefore, behold, the Lord hath put a lying spirit in the mouth of these thy prophets, and the Lord hath spoken evil against thee. Then Zedekiah, the, the son of Chenat, came near and smote Micaiah upon the cheek and said, which way went the spirit of the Lord from me to speak unto thee? Because he was the guy that the lying spirit was speaking through. Yeah, yeah, God's given you the victory. The Lord's with you. Yeah, God says go. Green lights all the way. (laughs) He's the one with the lying spirit. Smikes the prophet on the cheek. When did the spirit of God leave me and start talking through you? And Micaiah said, Behold, thou shalt see on that day when thou shalt go into the inner chamber to hide thyself. Uh, You're going to regret your words. Then the king of Israel said, Take ye Micaiah and carry him back to Ammon, uh, the governor of the city, and to Joash, the king's son, and say, Thus saith the king, Put this fellow in prison and feed him with the bread of affliction and with the water of affliction until I return in peace. And Micaiah said, if thou certainly return in peace, then hath not the Lord spoken by me. And he said, hearken all ye people. So in the rest of the chapter, they go out to battle. Syria kicks tail, takes names. Look at, uh, look at uh, verse 29. The king of Israel disguised himself and they went to battle. Uh, they, they think they've got the leadership and they find out in verse 31, no, it's the king of Judah. They compass him about, Jehoshaphat cries out, the Lord helps him, they depart from him. Verse 33, a certain man drew a bow at a venture. He's just like, I'm just gonna cut one loose and see what happens. And smote the king of Israel between the joints of the harness. Therefore he said to his man, turn thine hand that thou mayest carry me out of the host, for I am wounded. And the battle increased that day. How bad the king of Israel stayed himself up in his chariot against the Syrians until the even, about the time of the sun going down, he died. He didn't care about what God's word said. He didn't care about the truth. He didn't want the truth. He wanted a lie. And so God lets him have a lie. 
That's how this thing works. Well, the same thing, uh, check out Isaiah 30, verse eight. See, you gotta figure this out about your life. The rule is this, you get what you want. You end up where you wanna be, and you will hear what you wanna hear so that you can do what you wanna do. And here's God's complaint against his people. Isaiah chapter 30, verse eight. He says, write it before them in a table, note it in a book, that it may be for the time to come forever and ever, that this is a rebellious people, lying children, children that will not hear the law of God, which say to the seers, see not, right? The prophets, we don't want, we don't, don't tell us, don't show us what God is doing. And to the prophets, prophesy not unto us right things, but speak unto us smooth things. We don't want to hear the word of the Lord. We want our ears scratched. Prophesy deceits. Get you out of the way. Turn aside out of the path. Cause the Holy One of Israel to cease from before us. They don't, you know, when I started tonight, what... You know, the question is, what about these people that seem impenetrable? impenetrable? They, they, they seem like there's no hope to reach them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. They don't care about God. They don't believe in God. That spirit can rub off on the church. And you see the same complaint now in the New Testament, 2 Timothy 4, verse 1. I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. Be a forth teller. Be faithful to communicate the word of God. For the time will not come, or for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but shall after their own lusts after their own lust, shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Uh, don't prophesy unto us right things. Speak unto us smooth things. Prophesy deceits. Get you out of the way. Turn aside out of the path. Cause the Holy One of Israel to cease from before us. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Man, I pray that we'd have wisdom to tremble at the word of God. That we'd never want to communicate anything regarding God's word our way, to our end, <laughs> to affect our outcome. That this is the word of God. And what God's word says, we're not apologizing for it, we're just communicating it, and we're trusting him to do it in the power of his Holy Spirit because the ultimate decision is between the hearer and God himself. What will they do with the word of God? Now again, Paul says somebody comes in and everybody is doing exactly that. They're communicating the treasure, the truth, the beauty of God's word. And he's convinced of all and he's judged of all Right, so it's, 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 it's preaching, but it's not just any preaching. This word means to speak under the power of God's Holy Spirit. He's convinced of all, he's judged of all. The secrets of his heart are made manifest. And so falling down on his face, 
He worships God. In 2 Samuel 23, verse 1, the Bible says, Now these be the last words of David. David, the son of Jesse, said, And the man who was raised up on high, the anointed of God of Jacob, and the sweet psalmist of Israel said, The Spirit of the Lord spake by me, spake by me, and his word was in my tongue. Man, that needs to be the cry of our heart that God is speaking his word by us. We're not giving our word, we're not giving our opinions in place of the word of God, that we're just in in faith, right? In a faith-based approach to ministry, this is what God's word says, and I believe with all my heart that it'll change your life. Hear the word of the Lord. See, we we wanna, it can be really subtle, that we want to replace the words of God for the words, for the words, the wisdom, and the ability of man. We can get really, it's very easy for us to get focused on our presentation, uh, the way we communicate, the way that we overcome objections, uh, the way that we can shut down erroneous logic from the unbeliever. And so we, we want to, you know, we want to get our ability set sharpened so that we can do a good job standing up to the lost and their bad excuses and, and wrong reasons for, for the way that they think or how they live, and, and there's no power there. There's nothing there. Man, for a child of God to just say, I believe this book changes lives, and if I can just get an open door with you where you'll just listen to what this book says, it will pierce your heart. <laughs> You will hear from the living God and it will change your life. It's not by my power. It's not by my ability. It's not by my strength. It's what this book says. It's how God takes his word and in the power of his Holy Spirit, he places it, he pierces the heart of the unbeliever. Would to God that we would all say the spirit of the Lord is speaking by us and it's his word, not ours, on his tongue. This is speaking the word of God and the power of God. In other words, when all of God's people have mouths full of the reality of God's word and the power of God's Holy Spirit, what happens to the poor, the brokenhearted, the captives, the blind, and the bruised? They're convinced of all, they're judged of all, and their secrets are made, the secrets of their heart are made manifest, and they're delivered. They fall down on their face, they worship God, they give praise that God is in his people. Okay. That power in ministry, we can't just will it into being. We can't manufacture it. We can't, I mean, there's no, we do not have the capacity to make that happen. You know, there have been times of revival in the church where the power of God's Holy Spirit is so great, man. People would just come to the worship, right? They would just come to the preaching and they couldn't get through a service. You've got people just confessing sin and crying out to Jesus for mercy, forgiveness, and salvation. Uh, Just because of the way God was working, how God was anointing his people for that time. We We can't make this kind of ministry happen. All we can do is call on the Lord to help us. That's all we can do. Again, Zechariah 4, verse six says, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. 
Can we close and just agree together in prayer, even if it's for one minute, can we just agree together in prayer that Lord, we've got people in this city that are going to hell and we can preach our tails off and accomplish nothing, but God's spirit can speak by our mouths, right? His word can come out of our lives in the power of his Holy Spirit in a way that it will pierce hearts and change their lives. God can do that. We already know it pleases God to use weak and small and foolish things, the things that the world despises. He can, he can use us, right? So we could ask. We could ask for an anointing. We could ask for anointing on our services. We can ask, we can ask God for an anointing on our preaching, on our pulpits, on our gospel witness, so that whenever people hear us speaking, they're not hearing I don't want people to hear Sam Miles talking. I want them to hear the word of the Lord. And I don't know how to make them do that. I can't make them do that. I don't have that. That ability is not within me. Now there's someone within me that can do it. (laughs) And I want him desperately to have his way. Is this making sense, brothers and sisters? Can we just call on the Lord for an anointing from our witness to these times from this pulpit where we all come together that we'd hear the word of God and it would change our lives? We have to have the anointing. There's no way around it. Lives aren't, I mean, if Jesus said he had to have the anointing to set captives free, come on, we gotta have it. (laughs) Can we close that way? Could you just grab a prayer partner and say, God, God, please. God, please, by the power of your, let, let your word go forth in the in and by the power of your Holy Spirit. Let Let souls hear you speak. Amen? Let's pray. And you're dismissed.